Hey, this is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to take a minute to tell you about POW Audio. Now, POW Audio is going to change your listening experience. You're probably asking yourself, TJ, how is POW Audio going to change my listening experience? Because POW Audio has a revolutionary design, delivers a crystal clear and powerful sound in a collapsible Bluetooth speaker. That's right, collapsible Bluetooth speaker and is designed for ultimate portability. So check out Facebook.com, search POW Audio or on their website, POWAudio.com. That's P-O-W-Audio.com. One more time. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Welcome to the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Thank you so much for spending your time with yours truly to talk about the black and gold. On this edition, we're going to be talking about quarterback Taysom Hill. And should the New Orleans Saints uh, move away from Taysom Hill in the Swiss Army role? Now, I want to say thank everybody that is tuning in. Thank you, whether you're uh, listening live right now or whether you're uh, looking at the replay. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you for everybody that is following into the comments. And uh, I just want to thank you for your love and your support. Man. And um, Taysom Hill, uh, the, the question is, like, should the Saints go ahead and move away from this whole Swiss Army thing? Now, I know I have to do this. Um, it's sad, but. I have to because, you know, you got a lot of people out there in the Who That Nation that look at my podcast or look at some of these comments. And because I ask the question or I have shows like this, they think that I'm in favor of this happening. And it's sad because people don't even take the time out to try to go out there and, and take a look at any of the videos. They just start to comment like what I've been seeing so far. You know, but anyway, this actually comes from an article that I read. OK, right here on my phone. Right. As I was uh getting prepped and trying to figure out what topic I wanted to, to discuss. And um, it was from the big lead um, and it was wrote by uh, a journalist, Stephen Douglas and the article entitled uh, time for the new Orleans saints to end the Taysom Hill experiment. And I thought it was very interesting, man. And um, if you afford me a few minutes, I would like to read a little snippet of what he actually wrote. It's not too long. So just want to give you all the idea about why I decided to, have this as a topic on today's podcast. It says Taysom Hill has to go. The New Orleans Saints are only hurting themselves with their obsession with this experiment. It's unclear what they think they have, but by having one guy who does a bunch of things, okay, they're playing him at the expense of multiple guys who can do each thing even better. On Sunday, Hill fumbled in a fourth quarter 
of a close game that the Saints eventually lost. Hill fumbled on a play where he was playing quarterback, which meant Drew wasn't on the field. He was out there to hand the ball off or run up the middle. If the Saints want to run, they probably should have used Alvin Kamara or Latavius Murray. Murray has averaged 4.1 yards per carry over his seven-year career and hasn't fumbled since 2017. Hill was also targeted once Sunday. He caught the ball and was tackled immediately. Even with Michael Thomas out, the Saints probably have other guys that can do that. The Saints think that they have Cardell Stewart. But really, watch this, but really, they've got Tim Tebow willing to play fullback. The Saints have a backup quarterback who can lead the team for years after Drew Brees retires, and his name is Jameis Winston, a guy who had more completions in his first NFL start than Hill has attempts in his entire career. They are going to pay Hill $16 million next season. That's the money that they should probably spend on a guy who is actually going to replace Drew Brees. That is an article, once again, from The Big Lead. You can check it out. It's online right now. The journalist's name is Stephen Douglas. So, who that nation? I got to ask the question. I mean, he made some very compelling points, and I've even said this on the State of the Saints podcast. I feel like uh, Taysom Hill is taken away from the growth of some of these other players. I look at somebody like Adam Troutman, right? The Saints drafted Adam Troutman in the third round. They drafted him to be a pass-catching tight end, and he also thought that he was a guy that can do both things really well. He can catch the ball, and he can also block, which has been proven true from the blocking, okay? I mean, he goes out there. He's been blocking really well. Uh, one of the runs that Latavius Murray actually had was actually sprung because of Adam Troutman, and maybe another one I can think of in the Oakland Raider game was also sprung by Adam Troutman. So we know that he can block as a tight end, and we've seen him catch a few passes as well. So I feel like the Saints are paying more attention to trying to use Taysom Hill in a variety of ways, mostly tight end. It's taken away from a young guy's development. And I also agree that the opportunity for other guys to step up is being like basically overshadowed by having Taysom Hill out there on the field. I just want people to understand that Taysom Hill, to me, is a secret weapon of the New Orleans Saints because you really don't know what he can do, okay? You don't know if he's going to go and run. You don't know if he's going to throw the ball down the field. You really just don't know. So it's a great weapon to have. But I do b believe some of the things that Stephen is actually saying in this article. You are taking away from guys' growth, okay? What's the point of having guys out there on the field or drafting guys if you're not going to use them for what they actually are on the field to do? Uh, I just wish that the New Orleans Saints can get away from some of these things sometimes. I feel like the Saints put too much emphasis on a guy. A guy can have like a certain level of success, and you might have a guy that gets drafted or you get a guy through free agency, and they fall in love with the same guy that got them that same level of success. I look at somebody like P.J. Williams, for example. We talked about this on the podcast, folks, didn't we? We talked about P.J. Williams and his inability to be able to cover down the field. Um, his inability to be able to, to cover tight ends in crucial parts of the game. Here you have DJ Swearinger, a guy who would not even be on the market if he didn't deal with injuries throughout his career. He's a hard-hitting safety that you can line up as a linebacker 
and he can go out there and lower the boom on the tight end to give him what Greg Williams liked to call remember me shots. But instead, you want to go and put out P.J. Williams just because he is who you know, okay? Look, I get it, folks. You know, the, it's all about traditionalists sometimes, right? We, we become traditionalists. Every time, you know, like we look at people in our neighborhoods, we look at people, you know what I'm saying, and, at the corner stores, right? That, that person goes and stands in front of that corner store just because he's the guy known for standing in front of the corner store, right? That, that's just the way that it works sometimes. That's the way that they are. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to be known for something. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for us to get away from the same song and dance the things that we know. I get it. But at the expense of the team, you you are, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're hurting your team. You know what I'm saying? At, you know, you, you're putting P.J. Williams on a field who has proven time and time again that he is a liability on the field. But instead of you going to a better option and, and D.J. Swearinger, you have this undying allegiance to P.J. Williams as if P.J. Williams can save your franchise or save your secondary. I mean, if it's broke, it's broke, okay? Some t- I mean, I know they say, you know, if, if it broke, you know what I'm saying, you can you can fix it, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes some things are broke beyond compare. And I feel like the Saints killed themselves, and they also hurt the, the growth of some of these other players by leaning on some of these other guys that can do certain things. And no disrespect to Taysom Hill. I mean, the fact that he goes out there and lines up at tight end, and he lines up at running back, and he lines up at quarterback. I mean, he's in between some of these different rooms throughout the Saints facility. I mean, he should be commended for that. Because how many quarterbacks come into the league when they have certain other skills, right? But they say, I'm a quarterback. Let's look at Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers. Wanted to make this guy a wide receiver. This guy said, no, I'm a quarterback. Tim Tebow, right, the one that was actually mentioned in this article, he was he was one of those guys that could have been used in a variety of ways. They wanted to put him at fullback. What did he say? I'm a quarterback. So I commend Taysom Hill for stepping outside of his comfort zone, something that he'd done throughout his entire life, played quarterback. He played on a high school level. He played at BYU. For him to step out of his comfort zone, is commendable. But Taysom Hill came to the Saints at a time where they had very few playmakers, very few. They had Brandon Cooks, and you had a very young, emerging Michael Thomas who didn't have the, the skill set that he possesses today. He was just a bully that had really good hands. Now you have Michael Thomas who can run all the routes, who is a bully and has good hands. But you also have Deontay Harris, a guy who is the best and most electrifying punt and kick returner in the game right now who can give Tyreek Hill a run for his money when it comes to the speed. You have Marquez Callaway, a guy who also can take the top off the defense and did an outstanding job at the University of Tennessee. You have Traquan Smith, who is finally in his element on the outside, where he did at Central Florida, taking the top off the defense. You have guys that are capable of doing some of the things that at the time when the Saints needed somebody to do these things, when Taysom Hill was the only guy, you actually have guys that can do this now. And now Taysom Hill can go back and take his rightful place at trying to be a guy that is the successor to Drew Brees. You don't need to use him all, all the time, okay? You don't need to use him all the time. Now, I will say this. I do feel like they need to start using him right now, as of right now, okay? 
until you really fully develop some of those players. All right. I feel like the Saints have done a pathetic and sorry job developing some of these receivers because they're so focused on the guys that they know at this particular time that can make plays. You know, the thing about COVID-19, who that nation, was the fact that a lot of these teams are in hurry up mode, right? We don't have time to teach you. We don't have time to teach you technique. We don't have time to teach you how to run this route. We don't have time to have you uh, engulf this playbook. We got to go for what we know. This sense of urgency by the New Orleans Saints is not only through the processes of dealing with COVID-19. It's also stunning the development and hurting the growth of some of these young wide receivers out here and some of these potential playmakers at like tight end Adam Troutman. And, and I honestly feel like this is the reason why our offense right now is in limbo because you put all of your eggs in one basket with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has been the bread and he has been the butter of the New Orleans Saints for the past three years. Okay. He has been that bread and butter. He has been uh, Drew Brees' go-to guy the whole entire time. But once again, you put all of your eggs in one basket. You allow one guy to flourish at the expense of everybody else. But the thing about it is you have to understand that injuries occur. So that is the reason why you have to develop some of these players. That's the reason why you have to make sure that you're taking the time to try to make sure that these players, these young guys, they got what it takes to be on the field. You are hurting these guys, and you're also hurting your team. So do I feel like Taysom Hill needs to take a step back? Not at this particular time, but I do feel like as, as some of these other players start to develop, right? As, like They need to treat this like they treated Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson came to the New Orleans Saints when the Saints did not know what they had in Alvin Kamara. They, they didn't know. They didn't know what they had in Alvin Kamara. They did not know. They knew that they had something, but they didn't know what we see right now. So that was the reason why Adrian Peterson became expendable. You have what you need in these other guys. Take the time out to expose this talent, this ability that these other guys have and start to make Taysom Hill fall back. Because not only are you stunning the growth of those guys, you're stunning the growth of Taysom Hill too. Because Taysom Hill is now running between the tight end room, the special teams room, and he probably is missing out on something that he actually needs to take his quarterback play to the next level. Think about this, man. You're so engulfed in what's going on in the tight end room that you are forgetting and losing pieces of things that you possibly could need to become a better quarterback. So you're really hurting your team. You're really hurting the players. And you're really hurting this player in Taysom Hill if you are not developing other players that the position that he's actually taking their place. I mean, it's, it's just that's just the way that I feel. There's some validity behind this article. Do I need, I think they need to scratch the whole entire thing right now, the way that I, I think this uh, person is presenting it? Absolutely not. No, no, no way. You don't need to scrap the whole thing right now because you still are dealing with young players, no OTAs, no mini camps, so they still are going through growing pains. So you don't need to do it right now. 
But as those guys start to develop, as the weeks occur, you need to stop using Taysom Hill in that role. All right. I mean, because you're hurting. Everybody's being hurt right now. The offense is being hurt. Adam Troutman is being hurt. Taysom Hill is being hurt. Mark Gass Callaway is being hurt. Deontay Harris is being hurt. Everybody hurts when you are putting all your eggs in one basket, or in this case, a couple baskets, okay? We can say about two or three. You can you can say Alvin Kamara. Like, as much as I like Alvin Kamara, I love Alvin Kamara. Did an outstanding job for the Green against the Green Bay Packers. Um if I don't know, I still feel like he should have been offensive player of the week despite the loss. Okay. I feel like he still should be offensive player of the week, but there's no way in the world in a game that competitive that a running back should have more catches than your wide receivers. I, I'm sorry, folks. I never said, I don't think I ever seen anything like that before in my entire life. I've never seen a game that nip and tuck and a running back has more catches than a wide receiver. I mean, I mean, I mean, feel free to go and look into the archives. I mean, like I said, I could be wrong, but I've never seen a game that nip and tuck that a running back has 13 catches and he has like, like six or seven more than the actual receiver like Traquan Smith. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. So, I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I get it. I understand. He's a pass-catching running back, but – those other guys suffer in the process. I mean, I could I could be wrong, folks, but that's the, that's the way that I look at it. That's the way I look at it today. Johnny says, Drew Brees is holding back the team. Uh, just think if Drew Brees wasn't on the team, we wouldn't even be talking about this because uh, we will have Teddy Bridgewater, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, if Drew Brees wasn't on the roster, just saying. You know, this is not a Drew Brees. This is not a Drew Brees show. I'm sorry. Like we can talk about Drew Brees all day and night. I feel like it's low hanging fruit right now. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious that he doesn't have the same type of arm strength. He doesn't have some of the same, uh, you know, intangibles that we we uh, grown to love when it comes to Drew Brees. But as of right now, man, come on, man. Give, we're we're actually talking about the development of some of these players. This is where, like, this is where it really, it, it really comes down to. It comes down to the inability to really take the time out to focus on some of these young players for them to live up to their true potential. I feel like the the impatience of Sean Payton just doesn't start on the football field. We know when it comes to the play calling, he's extremely, extremely impatient. We know that he does not like to wait for the running game to percolate. I don't think this just I don't think this just starts on a football field. I think it extends into the locker room when it comes to these players. I feel like Sean Payton does not have the patience to try to develop guys for them to live up to their true potential. That's the reason why I feel like the Saints never drafted a, a, a successor for Drew Brees. It's not like we. You can't find guys that could be uh, potential successors in a draft. Let's like let's like let's not act like we can't do that. Let's not act like the Saints can't aggressively move up. Let's not pretend like the Saints couldn't have got Lamar Jackson. Let's not pretend like w- this couldn't have possibly happened. Everybody and their mama thought when the Saints moved up and traded in front of Green Bay, everybody thought they was going to get Lamar Jackson. They ended up getting Davenport. The Saints, in my opinion, Sean Payton 
his ability to try to develop young players, I feel like he does not have the patience to do so. And everything that I see, I feel like it's proven my theory correct. Because I feel like he leans on the same guys. And he also goes out there and get these free agents who have been in the league for an extended amount of time versus building through the draft and developing young players. Like, you, I mean, you see, like, little pieces, like the offensive line and stuff like that. It, like, honestly, the offensive line, if you're not trying to draft offensive linemen, like, your team is going to fail, okay? I don't care who you put at quarterback. You have to have a good offensive line to hold that quarterback up. So drafting a young rookie offensive lineman is a must. All right. It's a must. But I'm talking about at some of these other positions like cornerback and linebacker. And you know what I'm saying? And mostly like some of these other positions. Y'all, I feel like the Saints rather go out and try to get a guy who is a seasoned veteran over a young guy that can come into the league right now and start playing. Which uh leads me to another point. I mean, for example, Zach Bond. Where where the heck is Zach Bond? Where is Zach Bourne at? Are you telling me that Zach Bourne can't play one snap? He he is dead. He is dead or out of sync. He, he doesn't understand the playbook that much that he can't play one snap. I don't believe it. I just feel like it's the impatience of the coaching staff. It's the impatience of them not willing to sit down and try to develop some of these players. I mean, they they just rather go out here and try to get quick results. But in the process, you have these guys that come in with a lot of a lot of baggage, a lot of damage. You know what I'm saying? Rather, they have a, a history of getting beat deep. You know what I'm saying? They're dealing with certain things psychologically. You know what I'm saying? But not like as far as like mental issues or anything like that. I'm talking about maybe the team decided to get rid of them because they didn't feel like they were worth it. Maybe they was giving up some big plays and the Saints want to play Captain Sable, you know what I'm saying? But you can't do that. Like, focus on some of these other young players that can give you the results that you need. I've, I've always, like, people people get upset with me because I will have shows from time to time, and I will say stuff like, uh, you know, the question would be, should the Saints get this player? Should the Saints sign this player? And I'd be like, no, no, no. And people are like, you don't never want any of those guys because I don't feel like it's necessary. I feel like if you have a good front office, if you have – if you have good people in your front office, you got a good scout team, you got a good general manager, you can be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> excuse me. Look at Isaiah Newsom, man, former GM of the Baltimore Ravens. Look how many great players he's drafted. Okay, some of the greatest players that ever played the game, Isaiah Newsom drafted. He didn't go out here and go get some free agents or anything like that. I mean, Ed Reed, homegrown. Jonathan Ogden, homegrown. Ray Lewis, homegrown, right? Uh, Tony Saragusa, homegrown. You know what I'm saying? These are homegrown guys. Terrell Suggs was homegrown. So I feel like you can build through the draft. You can build through the draft, you know what I'm saying, if you have the right pieces in place. I'm not a big, I'm not a big supporter of going out here getting a whole bunch of free agents. I'm not. I'm just not. If we lose to the Lions... That uh, will be rock bottom for us. I don't necessarily believe that, Jay. Now, it would be a crushing blow to the Who That Nation, and it would be a crushing blow uh, to the season of the New Orleans Saints. But I don't feel like it's the end of the world because the Detroit Lions, they play tough every single week. 
You know, they play tough every single week. They always are in the game. For the last couple of weeks, for the exception of one game, two out of the three games that they played this season, it came down, you know what I'm saying, to the final possession. So the Detroit Lions play tough. We can't just always look at a team and just be like, the Detroit Lions, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, we can't just do that, man. You know, because teams just like us play with a lot of pride. These guys have pride. It's not like these guys aren't getting paid for what they do. This is these guys' livelihood. You go out there whiffing on tackles or, or missing coverages, you can end up losing out and not being in the NFL at all. These guys are playing with pride. Okay, so you can't just say, oh, man, if we lose to them. Because let's just, let's just be real. In my opinion, it would be shocking if the New Orleans Saints blow out the Detroit Lions. I just feel I got that much respect for the Detroit Lions, the way that they play. They always play tough. I, they always play tough. Every single game I watch that, that the Detroit Lions play, they play tough. They end up losing a game, but they play tough. And it's always down to the white. It's very rarely a blowout. So I, I can't say that. If they lose, it would be a crushing blow to the season, and it will continuously – uh, make us ask these questions about what's going on with the team. But if they lose to the Lions, I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, man, this is the loop. This is the lowest of the low. Because despite the fact that, that I feel like they, the head coach shouldn't be a head coach, uh, this team does play with a lot of pride and a lot of passion. So not going to do that. Not going to say that. Uh, the right pieces must be in a proper place to achieve anything. Tyra, um, it also has to, it has to be in the right place, but it also – up is up to the head coaches to make a, a clear evaluation. Look, folks, you know, before I was actually, you know, engulfed in, in, in radio and broadcasting, some of you already know I was a store manager, right? And one job of a store manager was not only to oversee the day-to-day -day operations, it was about making tough decisions, man. It was about making tough decisions. It was about when people do things wrong to be able to come to them and have these type of conversations with them. And sometimes those conversations weren't pretty. They weren't pretty, man. And these were people that, you know, that, that worked with me for years, right? And you have to go to them and tell them that, man, I got to write you up because you did this, right? It's not a good conversation to have, but that's the role of being a leader. That's the role of being a leader. And I say that to say this. If the guy is not doing a good job, find somebody else that will, okay? You might love this person. Like I, like I said, the Saints, they drafted P.J. Williams, right? They drafted him out of Florida State. They drafted him to come in to play cornerback for the New Orleans Saints, and it has not panned out. It has not panned out. You cannot put a square peg into a round hole and expect it to fit. P.J. Williams ain't it. It's obvious. You, you could have went out here and got Dark Horse Denard. You could have went out here and got any of these other cornerbacks that were on the market. You know what I'm saying? Like Jason Verrett. Anybody. You could have went out there and got somebody that would have clearly been an upgrade from P.J. Williams. Heck, you could have drafted somebody, um, you know, like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like the, like the cornerback that plays for the Carolina Panthers, who I felt uh, the Saints – uh, should have got Troy Pride. Then you could have got Troy Pride Jr. to play in the nickel. Dude doing a pretty good job out there in Carolina as a starter. You could have did all these different things, but you decided to go with what you know because you panicked because of COVID-19 and you want to say, oh, man, you know, we, we're going to run it back again because 
COVID-19 happened, so we don't have to worry about the chemistry aspect because we can just bring all the people back. But at the same time, the Saints did not do a good job with evaluating. They panicked. That, that, that's, what, that's what it comes down to right now, folks. The reason why we're seeing the same old song and dance, the reason why we're seeing the same old situations happen year in, year out, day in, day out, game in, game out, is because the Saints are bringing the same people back. That is the reason why we're looking like we're watching the same movie over and over again. The Saints panicked. They panicked. They panicked. They they seen COVID-19. They said they ain't going to have no OTAs or minicamp. They got afraid, and they thought, like, well, we can't go out here and just dra- um, sign a whole bunch of un- undrafted free agents to, to take the place of this guy and that guy because they're not going to have any OTAs. They're not going to be coached up. Once again, have confidence in your ability to be able to coach, period. But, I mean – Look what they did, man. They brought back the same old people that keep on continuously giving us the same type of headaches. Game in, game out, day in, day out, year in, year out. You know, so I don't get it, man. I I, I mean, bro, I, I don't care what anybody says. DJ Swearinger is better than PJ Williams. I don't know what Key Washington can be, but I'm pretty sure, like, he'll give you a little bit more production covering uh, players than, than P.J. Williams will. They panicked. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I, I don't feel like I can be proven wrong on this on this because why are we watching the same old thing? Why are we, why are we watching something that looks like a, a rerun of Living Single, right? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like we're watching the same thing like we know what's going to happen. You know, I, I used the example a couple episodes ago about Martin, you know, Everybody knows about that Martin Chilligan's Island episode if you watch Martin, right? You know about when um, Martin and Gina, they went on this island that, that Martin found on the back of a cereal box and Tommy and, and Pam end up being out there and they had that little robotic rat and you had Pam and Martin beating up on the rat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, when, when Martin came out the room and said, we're going to Chilligan's Island, you're like, oh, yeah, man, I like this episode, right? You know what I'm saying? You already know what's going to happen. So you're looking for it to happen. P.J. Williams, you see him on the field, like as good as he plays, you know it's a matter of time before he gets beat deep. You know it's a matter of time before the tight end gets the advantage over him. It's only a matter of time, right? It's only a matter of time before Pam and Martin beat up on that rat, and it's only a matter of time before P.J. Williams gets beaten coverage. I don't care. Like If you're waiting for this guy to turn the corner, you're wasting your time. Wasting your time. Uh, good morning, Miss Lady Tyra. Uh, Dwayne giving a shout out. Uh, Jamari, uh, that's true. Uh, 95 DJ, a natural safety. Yeah, he's a natural safety, but 95, you can also play him at the linebacker. This guy can be our version. This 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 guy could be our version of Jefferson with the Arizona Cardinals and what he what he's been, you know what I'm saying, over the past few years. You know what I'm saying? He can also be our version of Jamal Adams, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the Seattle Seahawks. Like, as great as Russell Wilson is playing right now, their defense is not good. Their their, their defense has not been playing good. That's the reason why Jamal Adams right now (laughs) is leading the team in sacks, right? So the Saints are struggling to try to get pressure on on a quarterback. So you can honestly use DJ Swearinger in that way. The same exact way. You have a Jamal Adams, uh, Jefferson-type player. 
and, and DJ Swearinger, but you refuse to do that. You refuse to do it. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Uh, Ren says defense and secondary has to be addressed uh, because the Saints always draft players but don't play them. I think they hate young talent. P.J. Williams is not good straight up, and Sean Payton is a stubborn coach. And and you just answered your own question, Ren. You answered your own question when you said, you know, P, I mean, uh, uh, Sean Payton is stubborn, and you said we draft these players, but why don't we develop them? Well, you answered your own question because Sean Payton is stubborn, and he is too impatient. Like I said, he's impatient with his play calling. He's impatient with players, and he's impatient to a point where he doesn't want to see these young guys make mistakes and keep on telling them the same thing over and over again. Well, that's just how development works, right? Sometimes you're going to have to tell the guys the same thing over and over again. But that's the role of a teacher. A teacher's job is to make sure that that student gets it. You have students out here that are going to excel. I know I got some teachers up in here somewhere. You got you got students that you're gonna ha- you're gonna be able to tell them something one time and they're gonna get it just right, just like that, right? And then you're gonna have those students it, 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 right there in the middle of the pack. Sometimes they might get it, sometimes they won't. But you know, what I'm saying more times than not, they get it. Then you have that student where you have to take a little bit more time with. Okay, you gotta have patience that they will get it and they do get it. But it takes a little bit more time. It may take a little bit more tutoring. It might take a little bit more homework. You know what I'm saying? Challenging them a little bit more. But I don't think Sean Payton has the patience. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that anybody that is averaging about, well, let me see, about seven yards a clip in a game, right, and still refuses to run the football because on the last two plays you got two yards and four yards, I might have to go out on a limb and say uh, <laughs> they're impatient. I agree. Sean Payton's play calling uh, is ridiculous at this point. Other teams have figured his playbook out. It's time to change the game, and we are screwed this season. I don't think we screwed. I don't think we screwed because there are plenty more games left. Like, folks, let's understand. <laughs> it is only uh, week four, okay? There's, a, there's still a lot of football left. There's still a lot of adjustments need to be made. This team can right the ship. I'm not ready to say that this is over, and I get it. Dolphins look stagnant. We're, we're, we're a little nervous right now because Drew Brees is looking uh, looking his age. He's looking like he's 41. Uh, you know, a lot of check downs here. Defense is not playing well. You know, can't stop a nosebleed. But it all comes from challenging guys, okay? That is why I am – look, I will go down with the ship. I'm, I'm going to just let everybody know. I am willing to go down with the ship if the New Orleans Saints are making sure that the best players that want it more are on the field. Like I don't even I don't even care if they're not the best. Okay, as long as you know you can go out there and these guys are going to play hard for you, and it, you know what I'm saying, and they're going to limit those mistakes that they make. I ain't got no problem with that if they end up losing and we have a bad season. I ain't got no problem with that because that means that you're trying. Okay, I feel like the Saints coaching staff are coaching on fear. It happened as soon as COVID-19 happened and it's happening right now. They are afraid to think outside of the box. They are thinking the same way they've been thinking. They're trying to run it back. When they say run it back, they mean run it back. And that means don't change nothing. But you got to change something because that's something that you didn't change. Got you beat in a wild card round of the playoffs. 
Am I wrong? Right? You got to change something. But the Saints want to run it back. Okay? They run it back. No. Nah, you got to be able to make adjustments. Why are you getting beat deep constantly? Why can't guys turn their head around and it's always a pass interference or a successful deep pass by the opposing team? Why is it that the middle of the field is wide open every single time? And why have we been dealing with the same issues every single year, time after time again? You have to change it up. You got to switch the styles up, okay? You got to. If you don't, then we're going to keep on dealing with the same thing. So you, you got to be able to adapt, man. You can't just go out there and just say, I got it all together. Let me go ahead and run it back the same uh you know, same uh, old thing time after time again. You know, uh, we got a certified educator on here. It says, and all uh, learners learn different. You must teach different. That's all we understand. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's true. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's true. You know what I'm saying? With cosmetology, you know, you probably have people out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might have a dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say, you know what I'm saying? I'm just looking at it from a barber standpoint. You got a dude that probably can cut, man. You know what I'm saying? He's going to take them all along. Then you got that one guy, you know what I'm saying, who probably going to take a little bit longer than the first guy. You got the girls that can do the hair. Look, I know what I'm talking about right here because my, my wife, she always get them uh them box braids, right? You got girl like, the average, what, time about to get some box braids, what, about six to eight hours or something like that? You know, about six to eight hours. You got a person that probably, you know what I'm saying, that's been doing it for years, it's probably going to take them about six to eight hours to do some box braids versus somebody that just starting to do it probably about 10 to 12. I know I'm losing some of my male, uh, <laughs> my, my male uh, viewers right now, but Hey, look, I like since we talk about cosmetology tower, yeah, my, my wife talking about box braids right now, but, it, <laughs> but anyway, it takes time for people to do things. Some people do it faster than others. So <laughs> uh, bounty gate says a uh, bounty gate, uh, 1981 says time to rebuild. Uh, uh, chemo says if not before. Tower says uh, different demographics. Jerry says chemo. Giving a shout out to chemo. Uh, Dwayne says the band on the Titanic went down with the ship too. Not me. I love my Saints, but I will vent my frustrations to the day where we change up our team, our defense, our offense. I love my Saints, but enough talk. Yeah, man, it's about action, man. You know, it's about action. I don't care. You know, I understand people want to be optimistic, right? They want to be optimistic. I believe, I believe, and they feel like by believing, that makes them more of a loyal fan than another person, which I don't understand. You know, this whole thing, this whole uh, moniker about real fans, like, you ain't a real fan. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're not going to do this in your real life. You're not going to allow somebody to mistreat you in your real life, right? You're not going to allow somebody just to get over on you in your real life. You're not going to question some of the things that, that need to be questioned in your real life. So why would you apply that to a team that you love and support? Why would you? All right. Why, why are the rules different in that regard? I, I really don't know. But I mean, that that's, man, it's, it's about being critical. If we weren't critical, maybe our, our heart really isn't in it, you know? And haircut name for everybody is their struggle. Yeah, man. You know, that's why that's why I have to uh you know make sure that I go to a good barbershop, man. You know what I'm saying? You got some dudes that can cut hair, you know, but they got some guys that do a lick like a, a immaculate job, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so yeah, man, it ain't it ain't for everybody. 
I, my my lining got screwed up a couple of times for for those people that uh it ain't for. <laughs> if we take another L Sunday, uh, this season is done, man. We only lost three games each of the last three se- uh, two seasons. We can't afford to be one and three. Uh, that means we'll have to go nine and three just uh, to fight for a wild card spot. Uh, Brandon, look, uh, that that's another thing. You know, like I said, man, we look at we look at these seasons like if last season we were thirteen and three, why we ain't thirteen and three this season, man? We don't we don't know that. We don't know that, man. Teams get hot, and like I said, there's an additional playoff spot you know available this season. So I mean, if that wasn't the case, I'd be a little nervous, but. I don't think that is over, even if they do lose. TJ, other teams don't fear us anymore. That Taysom Hill project doesn't trick anybody anymore. Time for Pete Carmichael to call the plays for a change. Uh, I just, me, me, Peyton, I just feel like uh, Pete Carmichael and Sean Payton are the same person. So uh, you you get the same type of play calling from both guys. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like they've been around each other so long they can kind of finish each other's sentences. So, and... You know, I mean, Sean Payton is Pete Carmichael's boss, so we we want to make sure our boss is happy. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to change, even if Pete Carmichael ran a play. Uh, you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results is not going to happen, period. Yeah, that's the definition of insanity. And uh, right now the Saints are insane because they've been doing the same thing. And uh, you can't expect different results if you keep on doing the same thing. And now, uh, like it, like a lot of you have been saying, Teams are on to the Saints. Tyra says, put these players in their correct positions and watch them flourish. Yeah. You know, and also simplify it for them. I just feel like the the defenses that Dennis Allen be running, I mean, come on, man. Like, Dennis Allen run 4-6, 3-4, 4-3, Tampa 2. Like, come on, man. Like, how how are you? Like, come on, man. That's a lot to digest it, you know. Sometimes you got to simplify that defense. And allow your playmakers to be playmakers. Uh, Jerry says, I love all my people. Man, shouts out to you, Jerry. Uh, Sean Payton trying to sabotage his team, I think. I, I disagree with that. Too much. He had too much pride to do something like that. I don't think he's trying to sabotage his team. And uh, Tramal, what for? Like, this isn't a Bill Belichick, Jimmy Garoppolo situation, right? It's not that type of situation when it comes to Tom Brady. Like, I don't think uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you know what I'm saying, had like a, a differences of opinion about how long uh, Drew Brees should play or he didn't want him back. I don't believe that. So I don't think – why would he want to sabotage his team? Why would he? Because, I mean, we all can agree rather you're liking what you see from Drew Brees right now and not, you know, Drew Brees put this team in the best position to win. It's not like, oh, he was like, I want Jameis. Jameis is going to be the guy because, I mean, the Saints picked up Jameis – after Drew Brees said he was coming back. So listening, got to be head out, um, listening, but got to head out. Great podcast, TJ. Thank you, Tyra. I appreciate that. You know, keep on doing what you do. Appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Make sure, you know, those those, those hairstyles stay on fleet, all right? <laughs> uh, have a wonderful day, Tyra. Uh, Travis says, I love Drew 100, but what can Jameis do? Um, I don't know. I mean, Last time we seen him, he was throwing 30 interceptions, but I feel like uh, I don't feel like he'll throw 30 interceptions, but he'll make a lot of mistakes. But I mean, Jameis does have like a certain skill set that uh, I feel like would make the Saints offense more explosive and he aggressive. And I think that's what this that I think that's what it is, folks. You know, 
it, it, it's it's a it's a contagious type thing going on in the NFL right now. We're watching explosive plays all over the place. We're watching uh, Russell Wilson throw the ball down the field to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I can't believe I forgot Tyler Lockett's name last show. But, yeah, he's throwing the ball down the field to Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. We're watching um, Patrick Mahomes uh, fling the ball down the field to Tyreek Hill and, and Hartman and Sammy Watkins and, 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 and Kelsey. And we're watching, like, all these other teams, like, fling the ball. And we're like, why isn't our offense – you know, that explosive. Why isn't Drew Brees uh, that aggressive? You know, I think that Jameis is what the Who That Nation wants right now. Like, the way that people are talking, that's what Jameis brings. Jameis brings a lot of reckless play, but he's extremely aggressive, and he has great arm talent. So, uh, look, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, like, let, 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 let me make something perfectly clear. I don't think any quarterback that the Saints get down the line after Drew Brees is gone is going to give you the same type of production as Drew Brees. I don't think, like, whatever quarterback comes in, the Saints going to uh, get some turnovers. And it might be in double digits, okay? Unless, like, Aaron Rodgers comes to town or something like that and they have a bad falling out between him, LaFleur, and they decide to go with Jordan Love. That's the only person I feel like can come in, replace Drew Brees, and you'll have the same type of production, if not a little bit better at this stage, right? That's the only person. If you get a young quarterback in here, like a Jameis, or if you want to go to college, talking about Justin Fields, or, uh, you know what I'm saying, the, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, you're going to get some ugly play, okay? You're going to see some interceptions. You're going to get that, oh, why did he do that? It's going to it's gonna come out of you, okay? So, but I think that the way that the Who That Nation, the pulse, like just reading the pulse of the Who That Nation, we want Jameis. We want a quarterback like Jameis. We want a guy that's aggressive that can get the ball down the field. If the pocket breaks down, he can scramble out of the pocket and he can go and play park ball with you where the wide receivers can break off their routes and, and some explosive plays can possibly happen. But there could be some interceptions in the process. But we want aggression because we're watching – other teams do it. So, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, regardless. Regardless, you got to take the good with the bad. Uh, Dwayne, thank you very much for the 99 cent, my brother. Appreciate that. Uh, Kimo said that goes to show how much of an MVP Michael Thomas is. Yep. And, um, you know, and also, you know, I think it, it, it changes the narrative of what people think. Oh, man, all he do is catch five-yard slants. Well, that's all Drew Brees throws, right? So, how can you get mad at a guy for, you know, catching what only what a quarterback mostly does? So I don't know, man, but I just feel like the way that Jameis Winston plays, uh, Kimo, you know, I feel like the way that he plays, I think that's that's what we that's what we're looking for right now. That's what we're looking for. I'm gonna uh read a few more, man, and then I have to get up out of here, folks. Uh, Josh says, uh, Breeze is by far the greatest quarterback of all times. Ain't no one ever going to surpass him. I agree with that, Josh. I, I think it's going to take uh, a special type of quarterback to come in to uh, uh, replace what Drew Breeze has done and who Drew Breeze is for this team and his franchise. You know, I, I really do. You know, I don't think you're going to see anything like it. And I don't think you're going to get quarterback play at a high level like Drew Breeze played it or anybody that comes in. I mean, he – like, he, the person that comes in after Drew Brees is going to have to be 
a very transcendent player, like borderline Patrick Mahomes, to be able to compete with what Drew Brees has done in the Saints uniform. So I'm, I'm letting everybody know this right now. Anybody that comes in after Drew Brees is pointless to try to compare him to Drew. Because I don't think you I don't think they will. I don't think they ever will. You know, that's why they always say it's best to be the guy, you know, that replaces the guy. You know what I'm saying? The, the guy that replaces the guy that replaces the guy, right? So the guy that replaced Drew Brees is not good to be him because everybody gonna be, you know, looking at him. And if he does bad, then the next person, you know what I'm saying, that's the person that that has the better shot because He's big compared to the guy that replaced Drew Brees. You know, I mean, it's going to be tough, but, you know, people are going to try to compare. Uh, Bridgewater did good. Yeah, Bridgewater did a good job. You know, very conservative. Don't really like turning the ball over that much, but, I mean, he did a good job. Uh, he ain't 100% uh, from offseason surgery. Uh, who are we talking about here? Who's not 100%? Michael Thomas uh, needs to get healthy at 100% instead of damaging himself for the future. I've said that. Um, I, I said that. I, I'm not. I'm not a supporter of t- uh, Michael Thomas coming back because the team looks stagnant on offense. I'm not. I want this man to be healthy because I, I just think the Saints gonna need him down the line. Uh, our D line isn't uh, at 100% though. Trey is the playmaker right now, and behind his is Davis. Need more from Rankins and Cam. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cam Jordan looking old out there right now. Um, I'm tired of Marcus Davenport. I think a lot of people are, you know. A lot of people are tired of watching him being sweats and hoodies, you know. I, I know I am, man. I, I, I mean, I was coming into the season really uh, defending this guy, but as of right now, I just can't. I, I can't. You know, I understand injuries occur and it's, it's bad luck that's happening to Marcus Davenport right now, but man, you got to be available. We're all thankful for what Drew has done for the Saints, but it's time to move on. Yeah, I mean, it is time to move on. You know, it is. You know, the way that he plays, you have to say that, you know, it's time for the Saints to get that uh, that succession plan going. Uh, if we could get a Burrow, that would be great. Well, not going to happen. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a Cincinnati Bengals for the foreseeable future. I don't see them getting rid of him. The only thing I wish and I hope that, um, the the way that that franchise is structured, it doesn't discourage him. That's the only thing that bothers me about him being in that situation. I mean, the offensive line is atrocious. Okay, I mean, he almost he almost got knocked out of that game. Like, I don't know if people were watching that game, but man, he got he got hit so hard. Like, I, I thought for sure he was concussed, but he he went back into the game, which shows how tough he is. But I don't know, man. They're gonna have to do something. Um, I feel like that that kind of stuff affects a quarterback's confidence and um, his ability because he feels like losing is all around him. So what's the point? Uh, another thing that bothers me is what uh, was us getting killed every game with the same play, uh, the naked bootleg. Yep, with the tight end every time uh, is destroying us. With yep, it was it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Which. You know, we, we have uh, Jeff Nowak going to be on the show. Some of y'all probably uh, watched the episode with Jeff Nowak. Uh, Jeff Nowak, every single game, breaks down the game, right? He watches the game. He watches the plays. He he sees the strategies of the New Orleans Saints. So I encourage everybody, okay? It's going to happen 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, 3 Eastern. I'm going to be talking to Jeff Nowak, and he's going to be answering some of the questions, man. So, uh 
And we're going to be asking the question about the naked bootleg, man. We're going to be asking questions about Drew Brees' arm strength. All receivers really down the field like we think. Like, he, he's the guy that, that that breaks down every game film, him along with Nick Underhill. And um, I'm, we're going to figure it out, man. We're going to find out. Uh, let's see. I got – I'm going to read two more. Uh, it is working between uh, being in leadership and being lazy is not an option. Yeah, yeah, being in a being in a role of a leader, I mean, and you can't be lazy, okay? If you're trying to build something, it's impossible to be lazy. Like that is why if you're trying to achieve something in life, I don't care what it is. Um, you know what I'm saying? Me, I tell anybody. People ask me what I want. I say I want to be the the greatest radio podcaster of all time. You know what I'm saying? Radio personality of all time. That is what I want. You know, and I try to wake up every day trying to make that dream a reality. You know, I just want to be remembered among the greats, right? But it takes a lot of hard work. It takes dedication and you can't be stagnant. You can't be lazy, okay? You got to go out there and and show yourself. You got to show people that you want it. You know what I'm saying? You got to show people. And it makes other people, you know what I'm saying, pick their game up, right? Because leaders not only show people how it's done, but it also the synergy that they have it radiates off them to the next person and elevates that person or makes that other person want to be elevated. So that's the role of a leader. It, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it, that's the role of a leader. And um, with the thing about when we talk about the New Orleans Saints with leadership, you know, man, you got to hold yourself accountable and you got to wonder what you're doing wrong because the same situations keep occurring. So you got to start asking yourself the question like, you know what I'm saying? What am I doing as a leader to make sure these things happen? I'm not sure, folks. And um, hopefully he gets it together. Uh, Saints Nation says our biggest weakness is we cannot play from behind due to how safe we play. Yeah, those those uh, last minute uh, you know drives when teams go get those go ahead touchdowns and I'm watching Drew Brees not aggressively push the ball down the field which I, I really don't understand. Like, I get it throughout the course of a game, all right? If you want to be Captain Checkdown, if you want to be Checkdown Charlie, fine. If you want to be Checkdown Charlie, I'm cool, right, during the game. But when your team is losing and there's a minute left on the clock and you're still dinking and dunking and you need seven points in order for you to tie the game up and yet you still playing Captain Checkdown, that's when I got a problem with it. That's when I just feel like, man, you just care more about the stats or patting stats up than you do about actually winning this football game. Sometimes it ain't always about being efficient. It's not. It's not always about being efficient. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to be desperate. And at those times when you're trying to win a game with a minute left, you got to be desperate. Desperate. And I feel like the Saints don't be are not as desperate in those late moments of the game as they should be i'm saying a lot of nickel and a lot of diamond okay push that ball down the field and if it gets intercepted so be it so be it nobody's gonna hold you accountable for a last minute interception if you're trying to push the ball down the field like you got to trust your players in that particular situation you can't be conservative in that push the ball down the field push the ball but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. It's been a very great show. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you for your love and your support. And like always, if you have not already, I mean, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. 
Facebook.com search the State of the Saints podcast. And it's time to push Twitter, folks. It's time for me to tw- uh, push this Twitter on Twitter at State of Saints. On Twitter at State of Saints. I don't know how many people that watch the State of the Saints use Twitter, but if you use Twitter, follow me at State of Saints. State of Saints. And uh, once again, the contest is still going on, folks. Still going on. You can win a State of the Saints podcast mask courtesy of maskmarket.com. All you got to do is send me a snapshot picture of you following the State of the Saints uh, podcast on a streaming app. It can be iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, not YouTube, not Facebook Live, not Twitter. Okay. It has to be a podcast platform. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you're following, snapshot those pictures. You can already be subscribed. You know what I'm saying? You can already be subscribed and following. I appreciate that. Make sure that you're sending those snapshots so I can get them so you can be in a running to win a custom made State of the Saints podcast mask. And I'm laughing <laughs> and I'm thinking about this in my head right now. Shouts out to my grandmother, who I know is watching this right now. She wants a mask, man. <laughs> and, and she was like, uh, he, he got masked now. Look, grandma, I love you. But somehow my grandmother went in a contest, you know what I'm saying, that I'm giving away may seem a tad bit biased, okay? So I know you're watching this, grandma. Grandmama, I love you. I'm sending you a mask right now as we speak, okay? Look, I love, you know what I'm saying, my grandmother. Y'all y'all seen the pictures on Facebook, man. One of the biggest Saints fans, and she supports this show. So, yeah, grandmother, I'm, I, I went in the mail for you. It's on its way. But it is a contest going on. Make sure that you're subscribing uh, to uh, the audio podcast. All right? Thank y'all for y'all love and y'all support. Have a great day. Be safe. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>